This episode contains adult language, mature situations, mystical power crests, American special forces, one-eyed cats, insane princesses, Selenistine nationals, and the Sege of Justice. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 219, Black Holes and Cool Tattoos. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts and vague reviews about connected enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Yes, we are back for another fun-filled episode, and I am excited for this episode because it's something a little bit different, a little bit more unique, and something that's a little more mainstream. Now, before I go any further, remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyrokin.com. You can email us at spyrokin at gmail.com. I am at zan at spyrokin.com. That's X-A-N, not Z-A-N. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, iTunes, Stitcher, and all those other lovely social media sites. And if you want to leave us a comment on iTunes and a star rating, that would be much appreciated. So, let's get on with it, shall we? So, I have been very excited and very 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 in a great mood because of all the information going on including the fact that we have been accepted for a panel at anime nyc the new anime convention happening at the javits center in new york city so that's gonna be kind of exciting so after new york comic-con in october in november i'll be running a panel at anime nyc i'm very excited for that i'm very happy that that is gonna happen it's going to be amazing, and unfortunately, I did apply for three panels. They only gave me one, but the one they gave me, I'm pretty good at, and that is going to be From Under the Bed Horror and Anime and Manga. So, it's a horror panel. I know what I'm doing. The only sad thing is it's going to be only half an hour. So, I got to work on cutting the clips and making it the best it can be, and I know I can make it the best it can be because I'm good at this. I've done this enough times, but I digress. You're not here to listen to me pimp out my upcoming panels you're here to listen to me talk about various mangas and like i said this is the podcast that provides informative reviews about connectedly enhanced narratives every episode i talk about one or two titles depending on the situation and i tell you about it i tell you how the art style is how the characters are how the plot is and if it's worth investing your time in i give you the pros and cons you don't have to agree with anything i say but i try to make it as lighthearted as i can and i go over some of the basics without spoiling too much Especially if it's a newer series like this one is. 
So, if you remember from the last episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 218, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga, and it dictated to me that I'd be reviewing a manga, which was released all the way back in 2009, and it just ended two months ago in June of 2017. There are 13 volumes in total. It was written by Shinjiro and published by Media Factory, but we have it over here thanks to Yen Press, that awesome publishing company, which is currently one of my favorite publishing companies for Senen series. And this is a Senen series, and it is an action-adventure that has been adapted into an anime recently. There are 12 episodes, and it's something a little bit different, but very similar to a lot of old stories. And what am I talking about? I am talking about Taboo Tattoo. Now, to explain this series, it's very simple. You have our main character, whose name is Segi Akatsuka, or actually his, that's his nickname. His real name is Akatsuka Justice. It's spelled Segi, but his name is Justice, the word Justice, because his father was a cop, and he wanted to be someone who did things for justice. His father died, unfortunately, in a robbery. So he's all alone, and this Main character, Segi, he has a strong sense of justice. And when we first meet him, he's protecting a homeless man who's getting the crap beat out of him. And he saves the day. And Segi has been trained by his grandfather in the Akasuka style of jujitsu since he was a little kid. Because his grandfather wants him not to die like his father did. And he pushes him and wants him to be the best he can be. And since he saved this old man... The old guy comes through and he gives, he says, thank you for saving the day. I have a present for you. Just here, do you like stones? Here, take this stone, hold on to it for a second. And he gives this weird stone, puts it in Segi's hand. Segi grabs it and the stone ends up burning a mark on his hand. It looks like a tattoo. And the old man disappears. And it's a weird tattoo that he has that he can't get off. It looks like a hooligan mark and he doesn't know anything about it he's just trying to cover it and he's dealing with things as it goes on his friends think he's weird because he has a tattoo that isn't coming off and the girl that likes him Ichi knows Otoko she is trying to make sure his life is good because he has so much going on and earlier but when you find out all this information you also discover that there is after World War II there was a new power that emerged in the world. You had Japan as one of the two leading factors that was amazing in technology. The United States was the other really big country that worked hard. But a new country that appeared called, well, it was a kingdom of Selenistan shows up. And they're very mysterious, very unusual, and they're causing a lot of problems. But they're the third most powerful nation in the world. And their king and queen are very respectful and peaceful. But they have weird, mysterious weapons that have mysteriously disappeared, and they cause a bunch of biological stuff, blah, 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 blah. And before this information is found, as Segi is walking to school, like most anime, he's eating toast while running to class, and he bumps into a girl and knocks her on her foot. Actually, she knocks him out. And this girl says something weird and runs away. Later on... This girl shows up and she tries to beat the hell out of Segi because she is someone different. She sees him as someone who's bad because he has one of the tattoos. And the tattoos are stolen power crystals from the kingdom of Celestan. And they're biological weapons. Every single power crest or their 
spell crests are these weaponized ancient artifacts of great power which give every single person who has one a different ability depending on what your trigger is and while they do convince Segi that his he needs blood trigger it in reality he doesn't need any trigger at all but are uh, the girl who introduced herself as Izzy which is bluesy Izzy Freesia her power is that she causes all these weird explosions it's like a power bomb but in order to use it she has to use chalk she absorbs chalk and then it becomes a huge explosive not as cool as segi because segi discovers his is the power crest called void maker it is a triggerless crest so it means it's the most powerful of them all and it creates black holes and it gives them the ability to regenerate from all injuries yeah so it is typical guy random guy is walking down the street he gets a weapon of immense power and he suddenly is involved in a war between two groups that are fighting now i know what you're saying you're saying wait a minute you just introduced one person well the, izzy is a member of the u.s special forces and her job is to collect all the missing power crests that have disappeared in japan around the world however there's another group and that is the kingdom of celestan because the princess in a wonderful beautiful maneuver kills her mom and dad and she decides she's gonna cause total havoc in the world because she wants to take over the world she wants world domination and a coup d'etat kills both parents and now she's gonna change the world however she wants with her power crest and craziness occurs eventually his girlfriend uh, Toko, well, it's his classmate, gets a crest as well, but it's right on the smack of her forehead, so she now has to wear a bandana across her forehead so no one sees it. You have that. You have Izzy's assistant or his subordinate, whose name is Tom, who is a guy who has a copy power crest, which means it's not a real power crest, it's like a fake one. So he has the powers, but he doesn't get any of the benefits. So, like, they all can heal and they have super strength. He just gets the power. Kind of weird. And his whole running gag is that every time he fights he gets the crap beat out of him because he's really weak and his power is pretty useless all it is is it negates power crest abilities so it's like a void room it's like okay he uses power then no one can use their power crest in his vicinity but they can knock him out easily they just punch him he goes down like last joe in punch out and this is the series it's just them dealing with the insane princess Arya, she's trying to take over the world and collect all of the power crests and her subordinates, including this one girl named Itsumishi, who is just, I don't even know how to describe her. She's completely psychotic. Uh, she's nicknamed Schrodinger's cat because her power allows her to be anywhere as long as someone acknowledges her presence. And she has a, she adopts this cat with one eye. It's and she also can turn into a giant saber-toothed tiger creature. She ends up eating one of the characters in a very horrific way. And I'll be honest right now, when I first read this, I thought this was going to be super fan servicey, and it is very by the numbers. However, after a volume, that by the numbers goes very far away because this series is not afraid to maim its main characters. Like I said, one of the main characters gets killed very early on character who you love and you care about and who seems like they're going to be a major part of the manga gets killed immediately like in typical shisenin fashion another character loses their left arm in a battle another one loses their legs uh 
another one loses their eyes they don't take they don't take prisoners in this series and it's interesting from to see the point of view of Arya because she is batshit crazy i mean her reasons for not re- trusting the world is because she saw what her father did at some points because her father said i'm going to be a pacifist but before that he was a cruel horrific man and that messed up her view on humanity and she now wants to fix the world in her own way but she's doing it in a completely crazy way and her servants are equally just sadistic and horrible i mean one of them is a lowly obsessed whip user another one is a swordswoman who uses power barriers i know i'm not going over this series in chronological order like i used to but this series does i'm not gonna i don't want to spoil it but it does go all over the place and while it is by the numbers it's a little bit darker and i like that it's a little bit darker and yen press did release the series and they're doing a really good job with this release i'm really happy that they're doing a good job with it i expect them to not but i do like that they are explaining in a very concrete and simple way art style is decent it's computery but it's not bad compared to a lot of the other stuff i've seen so far it's good there is a little bit of fan service in it but not too much like they could have went like last week's or last episode's amano megumi which is just complete cheesecake shots and a lot of openings this is not that bad not by a long shot now on the other hand is this really super memorable? Am I going to really care about this? Did Shinjiro really write a series which made me intrigued and wanted to know more? Honestly, no. This series, like I said, is paint by the numbers. The gimmick is interesting. I like that it's tattoos. I like that they're non-transferable unless they're copies. I like that you have a lot of interesting side characters. The fact that the one character, the Schrodinger's cat, she has a copy Bera and the one-eyed cat, and she's completely batshit crazy, and then she can turn into a werewolf. It's a nice touch. And I love the fact that they actually introduced that the princess killed her peace-loving parents in such a horrific way. It's just like, what the fuck? But in the in the end of the day, it's still a series which is just main character gets powers, he's fighting the bad guys, where is this gonna go? Is this going to end up being a power creep? And yes, it's becoming a power creep. I wanted it to be better. I really did. But I'm going to have to give this a gift from you crazy Aunt Muriel. It is okay, but forgettable. It's decent. It's got great art style. It's got a cool concept. But it's in the end, it's forgettable. I mean, will do I care what happens with the kingdom of Selenistan? No. Do I care about what happens to some of the other weird characters like Professor Weissman, the guy who gave the tattoos to Segi? Not really. Am I going to care that Segi slash Justice kicks ass and he has an awesome name? Yeah, I care about that, but I'm not invested in it. It doesn't grab me and hook me in. I could be wrong. You, If you like this series, let me know why you like it. Email me, zanspirekin.com. Also, for the random question of the day... If you had a power crest, what kind of power would you want it to be? I mean, if I had it, I would want to have, like, a duplication ability. Because that is one thing I do like. 
Unlike Darker Than Black, unlike a lot of other series where someone gets a power, this one it seems that there isn't really a bad uh, trigger. It's not like, like I said, Darker With Black. Darker With Black, when you use the power, you had to do something completely asinine and insane. Like, okay, you have to take 200 pebbles and put them in order one inch apart. If you don't, you go crazy. Or one person has to eat out of a book every single time. Or you have to bookend every single page in a novel. Or you have to smoke a cigarette or drink a beer or eat an entire meal. I like that. This one, it's just... You know, it's, it's different. That I like that you don't have to do all that insane stuff. It's just, you have the power, you use it, and then the trigger is, oh, okay, I cut your finger, or you gotta use chalk or something else. I do like that. But it's not enough to hold my attention, and I honestly can't wait to see what we're going to see in the next episode. I'm surprised, because... I've wanted a good action series, and just, I expected more out of this one. I really did. And, well, anyway, I think that's it for this episode. I can't go any further into it, uh, because honestly, I think, yeah. Honestly, I can't. I've tried. It just gone over it. So, then my remember, check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyrocon.com. You can email us at spyrocon at gmail.com. I am at zanspyrocon.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, iTunes, and all those other lovely websites. If you have any questions or comments, just email us. Let us know. If you have an idea for what you want on that one, that only the Wheel of Manga, email me or leave a comment at the website below at www.spyrocon.com. And... Final thing before I forget, I recently got a bunch of books from First Second Publishing that I've been releasing under the the Sparkin Book Club. You'll see all the different releases. If you are interested in finding out about them or if you want to read about them, email me. I have a couple of extra ones. I'm, I'm going to be giving a few of them away. I'll be releasing a contest probably next month in October, making it a little fresh, a little different. Let me know what you think. So... Anyway, with that in mind, let's get to that part you've all been waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Wheel of Manga! Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga accepts the substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with ten slots on it, and each slot represents one manga. And what we're going to do is we're going to spin that one, that only the Wheel of Manga... And whenever number it lands on, that's reviewing the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 220. We're 220. We're 80 away from 300. Can we hit 300 before the end of May? Well, we're going to see. I'm going to try for it. So let me spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode. I got some good ones on here. Number two. Hmm. So, in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I'm going to be reviewing a manga, which is a fantasy series that's almost an MMO, but not. And um, it looks actually really cool, and from what I've seen from the anime, it looks like watercolor. So, we'll see. And what am I talking about? I am talking about Grimgar of Fire and Ash. So, oops. So I guess that's it for this episode. Uh, 
thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Uh, this is your host, Zon, and I am Gonsville. Have a good one, guys. Sing.